America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's We are live here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern on the air. Of course, I am the best-selling author of the Gorilla's Guide to the Balfang Radio, Gorilla Dispatch, Volumes 1 and 2, and the owner and HMFIC of Brushbeater Training and Consulting, and of course, your bartender tonight serving up a double shot of truth. In the world that has uh, really uh, taken a, a much darker turn. And we're going to be talking about a lot of that tonight as my co-hosts are coming in here. But first, first, before we get into any of that, before we get into any of that, before we get into a very solemn weekend for a lot of us out there, uh, certainly self-included, where it, it's not really a celebratory weekend where we... Uh, you know, get into things and, you know, go out and get drunk and get wild. You know, no, um, it, it's, it's not any of that. Uh, not, not for me, at least, uh, this, this upcoming weekend never is, but it is a time that, that I remember, um, close friends of mine, men that I served with. And, and I remember the, the good things about them, that, that part of their soul that they shared with you in that brief moment of time that we have on, on this earth and the sacrifice they put forth. Uh, it's, a, it's a really, really important thing uh, to, to stop and, and memorialize. And, and, you know, I don't think personally, me, me personally, that we need a, a day to do that. We don't need a specific day on the calendar to do that all of a sudden it's just to drop everything and you know it's i mean i get it i get the whole you know the, the history of, of decoration day and, and uh, you know i understand all that uh, but at the same time those those memories stay with us always always they never leave us um, and that's why it's so very very important and it's very important to me so with that said you know we we live the life that they cannot we live the life that the fallen cannot and we live up to their memories because they are still with us. Their souls are still with us. And they are watching us and they are judging us. And, um, you know, I'm telling you, they, they're pretty judgy. They're like, hey, get out there and do great things. So let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you guys a, a little story about where we are and what we are doing. Radio Contra is back at number one 
That shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody. We're, we're back in our position. We own that position. That's where we are. That's where this community is. We're number one. We're the best, right? We're back there. Ranked number one news commentary. Back. Top 100 podcasts on Podbean. We're back in there. You know, hey, when I'm on the road, when I have other obligations, when I have things that I have to do, sometimes the podcasting has to take a back seat. And I know it frustrates a lot of you out there because you just really, really love uh, the, the, the commentary and, and, you know, everything that we do in here on the air. And I love it. I love it. I, I, I truly, truly love it. But let me say this. Uh, we're back at number one. We are are back. We are at the top of the charts. And and I, I want to point something out that I tweeted just the other day, night before last, with liberal extraordinaire Kara Swisher. Kara Swisher, of course, the Voice of New York Magazine, the the uh, want to be erudite, um, pseudo intellectual, whatever that passes for, on the militant feminist left, where they get to cuss when they want to. Uh, they say shit, but they say shit. Oh, that's really just that's really just something, right? And of course, they they have assigned her to be the podcaster that is uh, narrating the podcast spinoff, the, the discussion. I don't think there's anything more pathetic than this, by the way. This, this is the epitome of being pathetic. When you are running a commentary show about a TV show, this is, this is pathetic. Uh, but Succession, she's, she's running the Succession podcast. Right, which I think is is just atrocious. I watched one episode of that that show. I knew exactly what it was. It was thinly veiled uh, liberal fantasy of the disintegration of of the entire uh, News Corps organization, uh, and and really the the collapse of it, all the way down to the the, the great Brian Cox, uh, the, the absolute great Brian Cox. Who is playing a role, this, this Logan Roy character that's so thinly written. Um, and it, it's a character that's just beneath it. it it's, it's just beneath Brian Cox. Uh, it, it, but in, in any case, I, I believe, though, that, that all, all of that aside, that, you know, succession is. You know, it's it's getting into its its final season, and it's just now becoming something that people are actually talking about, uh, which is kind of telling as well. And it, it's just, you know, it's it's um, very very tastelessly done and not smartly written satire is is what this is. But the, anyway, that aside, there's nothing more pathetic than being a podcaster who is tasked talking about a TV show that is completely fiction. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the absolute how how awful you have to be at being a political commentator to be hired on to talk about something that is absolutely as absurd as well, now we're going to discuss fiction. 
course. We got this this Kara Swisher uh, lady because you know she is she is the voice, right? The voice. So I say shit every once in a while, right? Like a Miller, like a bad Miller Lag commercial. I say shit, right? And I, I wear a leather jacket and I smoke cigarettes. So I'm, I'm so. Uh, so I'm so foul. See, I'm foul, and this is this this is just awful, uh, you know. But anyway, anyway, what what I think is very funny uh, about all of this is that she she loves to take shots of conservatives. She loves to take shots of things, and uh, you know, as as they all do, and and as well within their right. I mean, I love uh, tastefully done and witty commentary as much as the next guy. Uh, obviously, as, as all of you in the audience know. But I find it quite ironic and something to make fun of uh, and promulgate in, in the public sense when the irony of such a statement when you say uh, that, <laughs> that that everything is astroturfed and that that uh, you know everything is astroturfed and wealthy people can buy things in the commentary about DeSantis and Trump, you know all, all the things, right? And so I, I find that this is so this is such an ironic thing because when you look at what Kara Swisher, what the audience that Kara Swisher has garnered, with all of the money and the liberal elite, the iron, uh, or I should say ivory tower, and really the iron gate as well. There's an iron gate that's put around the ivory tower. Uh, that they they have put forth, the money that they have put forth, and the resources that they have put forth to make this troglodyte a star. And they can't even get more than 2.2 thousand followers. Boy, isn't that ironic. And I, I will point this out. I'll, I'll, I'll take this opportunity to point this out. That she was the one, her and Michael Moore, when this show was censored, along with all the other conservative hosts, were censored. Daily Wire. Glenn Beck, The Blaze, all those hosts were removed the day before the midterm election last November. Chris Swisher's show, both of them, because she has two, were quickly promoted to number one. And what this did was it put their failure on very vibrant display. It was undeniable. You can't hide the fact that that New York Magazine, which has been the the marquee brand of the liberal aristocratic elite, the rich liberals, the no-betters, who believe that their ability to influence policy should should uh, tell you, all of us out there, the great unwashed, who are beneath them. They look down their nose at us. But they should be able to tell us how to live. They should be able to dictate the terms of us breathing their oxygen. How dare we, right? So, you know, it's, this is such a great irony, right? And, and no matter how hard they try to boost this, it's not organic. And nothing about it is. 
But then you take a show like this one. You take an audience like this one. It's 100% grassroots. And the, the irony of the liberal elite saying that things are astroturfed, and then you juxtapose that to a community like ours, to an audience like ours, to a show like this one, that beat them on a scuzzy beer budget. And not only beat them, but consistently beats them and beats them down. We are a community that takes care of our own. This is the community that prompted a self-published book, The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, to be a number one bestseller for six months now. Six months, number one bestseller. Amazon, consistently in the Amazon top 1,000. From day to day, sometimes it fluctuates a little less, sometimes it goes up. And let me tell you what else we're doing. Let me tell you what else we're doing. Brushbeater.store. The first batch of things I have coming in, and I wrote a little little piece about this earlier today that went up on AmericanPartisan.org, went up on Brushbeater.org. Wrote just a little bit about it. The first batch of equipment came in. Tiny SA Ultras. All right, Spectrum Analyzers. What do you do with these? Well, it's a signals intelligence tool. It's a really, really incredible signals intelligence tool. And I have the ability, because of all of your support of the book, all of your support coming out training, all of your support all of these years, what I've been able to do and what I've been putting together is real competition for this community to have a source of equipment, things that you would normally buy from outlets like Amazon who outwardly state that they hate us, take your money and turn around and give it to liberal causes. Hey, I get it. I get it. I'm not happy about it either. And so here, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan of battle. Here is our, our scheme of maneuver that I have put together. We're finally in a position to be able to buy these products from the source and bring them to you at a price cheaper than you're going to find anywhere else on the internet. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing. And I'm not just stopping with combo equipment. I'm taking this fight to everything. All right. I'm going to take it to everything. Right. We've got, I'm going to have optics that are going to be coming. I have right now uh, some other products that I, <laughs> I just stopped myself short because I'm getting a little excited. There's a few things that I can't talk about just yet. Just yet. Freeze dried food. We're going to be having some of that come. Communications equipment, we've got some of that coming. You know, uh, a lot of people over the years have asked about one-time pad printers. Can I bring those to the market? You know, they, there's, there's a lot of people that, are, that offer those. And, you know, I've had a working relationship with the guy that produces those from the very beginning. From the very beginning, you know. And, and I was just never in a position to be able to invest what was necessary to be able to sell them. Now we can I've got those coming. The range cards, those are coming, right? More of them. And I have I have new variants of them that are going to be coming down the pipe too, right? So they came back into stock today. I can't tell you for sure how long they're going to be in stock because the sale volume just today from the time that they went up in the past six hours has been wild. The, the, the store has never had sales like this. I've never seen anything like this. 
but you know, hey, I ain't been in business like this very long either. So, you know, hey, this this is the demand that's out there. I'm already working with Black Hills Designs, who, who is the designer, uh, manufacturer of them, and we're getting a bunch more. They're already in production now. So the turnaround time is going to be that much shorter. All right. And I'm, I'm ordering them in a huge, huge quantity this time to make sure that we can keep up with the demand. Radio equipment, HF equipment is inbound. You wanted HF radios, you're going to get HF radios, and I'm bringing them to the market cheaper than you're going to find them anywhere else. I promise. All right, I promise. And and we're not we're not stopping with this. All right, this this is just the beginning. This isn't the end state. This is the beginning. All right, optics. I'm working with primary arms. I'll store it on out out there right now. Working with primary arms. Trying to hammer out a deal with Holosun right now too to bring you an affordable option for infrared lasers specifically. Um, and, and I'm working with another company for that as well, but this is all about, this, this is a hundred percent about bringing products that you are going to use that is going to make you the, the absolute, not just best armed populace in the world, not just best trained populace in the world, because we're, we're working on all that. Okay. We're working on all that, but I want to make you the best equipped in the world too, in all domains, in every way that I can. This this is my pledge to you because you supported me. You supported me. And I could sit back. I could do what a lot of people do and say, you know, hey, man, I made my money. Cool. I'll put my book out there and, you know, just gonna wipe my hands. There's a lot of people. Hey, and you know what? They're not wrong for doing that because this is high stress. Okay, this is high stress. And there's a lot of work that goes into this. But let me tell you something. When I go to class, when I interact with all of you out there, when I see the emails that I get, when I see the 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 interpersonal relationship that we build and how much this community gives to me, I owe it to you to do that. I owe it to you for for all of that. I owe you that. You know, and I and and you you this community has stood behind me for so many years now, the completely underground, completely grassroots, you know, and, and, and this is the least that I can do. And, and so I get very, very excited about all this because this is something that uh, is, is finally possible. And it's really incredible to see all coalescing and all of it coming together. Uh, but at the same time, it's very emotional for me, too, because this this is a mission. This is a calling. This is how you honor. Your fallen brothers, this is how you do that. This is how you do that. This is how we honor those that, that made the ultimate sacrifice for our nation, for our republic. This is how we do it. We create our own community. And it's not enough for us to sit back and complain about, you know, woke corporations and who we're going to do business with, who we're not. Hey, man, you know, I'm in an opportunity where I can fill that gap in, in whatever way that I can, and I'm going to damn do it. I am going to do it, you know, and so, you know, some of the things that we're going to be uh, talking about tonight uh, in this episode, you know, the, the title of this, Sons of Liberty 66, uh, Dual System of Justice is Glowing Bright. We're going to be talking about the Stuart Rhodes case. Unfortunately, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, uh, Proud Boys situation. We're going to be talking a little bit about this uh, 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 guy that, that tried to drive into the White House. Now, his 
charges have quietly almost nearly been dismissed. Uh, he, he's got a very, very tiny uh, charge that he is still facing. Meanwhile, we have January 6th political prisoners that are still being held in absentia. Uh, this, this, and, and it is an absolute travesty of justice. We had honorable men, good men who were drugged through the mud, people like General Flint that were drugged through the mud. And it's very, very unfortunate. Uh, but this, this is a dual system of justice. And I'm telling you, folks, this isn't going to last. This stuff is not going to last. We are going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You know, so with that said, with that said, you know, I'm excited for this episode tonight. I've been talking for almost 20 minutes straight. You know, when I get going, when I get excited uh, about something, you know that I can just go and go and go. And and we I, it's it's been a gauntlet of podcasts for the, the latter part of this week. Um, you know, and, and uh, so I'm going to turn this over to a couple of my co-hosts that are in here right now. Top of the list, Mr. Risky Krisky. What's up, brother? How much, brother? How are you doing tonight? Dude, I am, I am just capital. You got me uh, a Heineken. That's a safe one to drink, isn't it? Not getting any overly liberal pushback uh, from Heineken. I mean, I'm I'm drinking a, a dose of key, so you know. Oh yes, I like it's, it's about the same. I mean, dose of key and, and Heineken are about the they're basically the same beer. So, you know, a little bit different. There's a lot going on in the news, man. It's uh, it's outrageous. Um, and then today, nonetheless, I don't know if you saw the, the George Floyd stuff. Yeah. Uh, came out. Yeah. The medical examiner or whatever. It, the uh, absolutely no foul play is what it said, basically, other than the drugs in the system. Right. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. St. Floyd of fentanyl, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, but like I said, man, it, it's, it is not going to last. Um, this, the, the, the situation is coming to a head and it's very unfortunate that, that it is coming to a head, but at the same time, it has to, I mean, it, it there, we can't keep going the way we're going no they're definitely setting us up for uh something big right it looks like they already know they already know what's coming and uh we're going to be the ones to find out but economic collapse repeat of the last election I, my guess is they're just going to implement some more powers here soon got to have another coup rolling through and uh have to implement new elections uh powers and authorities to overcome this next pandemic. You know, I talking about that, bringing that up, you know, it's, it's kind of a rabbit hole I could dive down, but it's, it's very interesting. Like the marriage of the uh, political establishment to the corporatocracy how the corporatocracy owns the media industrial complex as well, and how these are kind of all interdependent on one another. And uh, knowing what we know about the last election, knowing what we know about COVID, 
knowing what we know about the real domestic terrorists out there, you know, Antifa that are running around, um, the, the militant left, it, it, it's we're we're quickly approaching a time that I think it's really unprecedented. That that it's it's not the the lines of division aren't really clear like they were in you know eighteen fifty nine so to speak like it, it's we we don't have these these very rigid you know this this is you know your area this is our area we don't we don't really have that so we're, we're getting into a very unprecedented time um, and and I don't say that in in a glowingly flowery you know this is nice kind of way it's this this is i think we're we're about to approach a time that's going to be savage absolutely savage and you know on par with the spanish civil war that's what i think that we're headed towards um and uh it's it's certainly going to be interesting it is certainly going to be interesting. I, I I'm not so sure uh, going into the next election. I mean, if if they they the last election was full of fraud, there's no guarantee that this one won't be. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of have to laugh at that. Like, yeah, what, what do you think that they're going to do the next time? There was no accountability last time. Um, yeah, and, and so what's the next gimmick? Uh, right, right. Right. I saw you said in the comments, uh, rat pox, you know, could, could very well be. I think, uh, personally, it's, it's going to be some form of, uh, polio is, is going to pop up. Um, I think they, pre they because threw that out there at some point anyway, like giving us a little heads up mm -hmm. like they often do. Well, there was a lab in Sudan. So the, the, uh, Sudanese rebels, like which, whichever rebel group this is in Sudan, it's, you know, Whatever they this already cycled out of the news cycle, um, they're using a uh, World Health Organization bio lab that's that is quote unquote studying study. They're always studying uh, studying polio, um, and uh, I kind of have a my you know my smart ass grin with that because. Uh, well, on one hand, it could be argued that, well, yeah, you know, you want to study polio in a place where they, they still have polio. Uh, but we have plenty of polio samples here in the United States at, at the CDC to study. Uh, you know, we, we don't need to necessarily be doing it in a, a region of the world that is uh, fraught with instability, like habitual instability, especially when, when you know, this is a a region of the world where there's not a lot of adult supervision either there that's looking over their shoulder to see exactly what's being done. Um, and it just so happens that this rebel group that had some rather dubious ties to our intelligence community took that over and is using it as their, their command post. Um, I don't buy that it's incompetence. I don't buy that it's just by chance. It's like, because at first glance, you, I mean, I'm an idiot, right? You're, I mean, I'm not saying you're an idiot, but like, I can foresee, hey, let's not put a lab in Sudan. The stupid idea. Let's maybe fortify it, bring it back a little bit closer. Maybe not on our home turf, but in a safe place away from everybody. Um, right. So, yeah, it's like, I don't buy this. And, and the ones in Ukraine, too. And then wet markets. 
It's just absurd. They think we're dumb. Right. Well, and, you know, you're, you're forgetting Georgia as well, the, the country of Georgia. Prior to the 2008 invasion, um, that we, we were running a lab there, too. Um, you know, people, people don't like to admit that because they, it's, it, it, you know, it calls into question that, um, maybe we're not necessarily the good guys in all this. And there's a lot of people, especially, you know, I hate to say it, a lot of boomers that are out there, they really don't like to admit that because they came up with this ideology, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of your late Gen Xers did too, early millennials like myself and yourself. You know, we kind of came up with that that uh, mentality that, that America is good and, you know, Eastern Bloc, commies and, you know, everything else, they're all bad. And uh, it was kind of this, this very rigid black and white dichotomy, except that you realize that, you know, further we've been going down this. I mean, it's been the American government that, that ripped off the elections of the people. It's been the American government that has done some pretty heinous stuff themselves, you know. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we're not really the good guys in all this. Maybe, you know, goddamn Uncle Sam, maybe not, maybe, maybe kind of sort of might not be the, the answer to all the things. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, when you look at the, the domestic surveillance apparatus, when you look at uh, the, the, uh, domestic security measures, the fact that none of these things, all these things that were originally temporary measures, end up becoming permanent, magically, magically become permanent. And um, just a very, uh, it's a very scary state of affairs that we're finding ourselves in. And, and that, uh, that veil of normalcy begins to drop and you realize, like, man, you know, none of this stuff is actually normal. Um, Serious stuff. It's serious stuff. And, uh, you know, when, when you look at travesties, miscarriages of justice, like like what we see today, uh, and, and compare and contrast that with, you know, St. Floyd of fentanyl. And, um, yeah, the fact that, that he was literally given a blank check, his, his followers, his, his quote-unquote supporters, all across the country, were given a blank check to burn down, destroy property, burn down whole sections of cities, you know, overthrow lawful order, which is an insurrection. And yet, uh, you know, any, any sort of ability to peacefully protest anything and, 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 you know, not just election, the possibility of election uh, fraud, but also COVID restrictions, you know, the, the absolute draconian nature of the COVID restrictions. You can't say anymore that we live in a free country. It's just, you know, we, we can't do that. Uh, we cannot do that. You know, so uh, anyway, anyway, we a lot to discuss tonight. A lot to break down tonight. We got to move down the list. Patriot Man, what is up, brother? Howdy, howdy, man. Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. My second uh, G90 just came. So um, I got a, uh, it was barely used, passed through a couple of hams and uh it was kind of set off to the side, and the guy finally decided to sell it. So I uh, got it for half price with a fan and everything. Um, so quite excited for that. So I can have one permanently set up on digital and one uh, for analog. So I'm pretty pretty stoked, man. Dude, that is awesome. Um, I 
just so happened to have a large quantity of G90s that were in route. I, I, yes, I know you do. And uh, I, I've been using it for a um, couple months now, and I, you know, I love the thing. Um, you know, I, I know that you know people are gonna say it's you know Zygu, it's a Chinese company, blah blah blah. For the price point, it's very hard to beat. It's, it's compact. Um, I'm able to using a, a very basic 4080 Envis antenna that I made, able to make contact everywhere from um, <clears throat> Canada to um, Virginia, you know, out to Ohio. When you have a proper long wire setup, um, I can hit Europe, um, and I can hit. Um, I think the farthest west I hit was um, Kansas, I believe. I hit someone. I heard someone in South America. Um, so it's a great little radio. So I'm just I'm super stoked. It happened to be one of those things where, you know, people like to knock uh, ham radio clubs, you know, your, your local ham club. But a lot of times if they have a listserv or whatnot, you get great deals on equipment like this, or if you uh, end up losing a member, you know, you get a silent ham. Um, a lot of times that equipment you can you can grab pretty cheap. So if you have your ham radio license, I would suggest being a part of your local club. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Um, I, I left my microphone on, on uh, mute. I was desperately trying to click it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it, that... Um, Hundred percent. You know, I don't know. That might be a good conversation for later. Talking about ham clubs, the ins and outs. There is a way, and and I'll I'll just present it like this. There is a way to approach an amateur radio club and get, get the most out of it. Yeah. Versus how a lot of people they they come on a little too strong. And, um, you know, just perfect example, you know, perfect example, an interaction that I had today. Um, when, when, whenever you have people of a, a certain mindset, you know, preparedness mindset, and, you know, so on and so forth, that, you know, they, they obviously know me now, the book, the podcast, everything. And, um, you know, they, they we reach out with questions, but they don't really know what they don't know. And they don't really even know the proper way to ask the question they're asking. And so, you know, this person in particular uh, was was asking about, uh, you know, well, I, he said, I've been hearing reports, which immediately I'm like, uh, okay, it kind of makes me uh, rub the bridge my nose. I've been hearing reports that there are Chinese chips that control this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there there are. It's, this isn't. This really isn't a question. This isn't. You haven't been hearing report like this. This is a documented fact. Like there's academic white papers on this. There's, you know, uh, DHS bulletins have been put out over this. There's things from the FCC that have put out about this. It's not that they're necessarily even controlling anything. It's it's just that they're there. They, you know, we we've known about this stuff. I mean, there's chipsets that are in Lenovo computers. And, you know, it, it, it's it is what it is. Right. But but these there's categories of devices. And so if, if you don't understand, you, you don't really have even a fractional knowledge of the, the actual operation, of whatever, whatever it is that you're talking about. You end up having a really hard time even asking the proper question. You know, and so this, this guy was or 
Val or whoever it was saying, uh, you know, what what would the could the Chinese, you know, basically ex I forget how it was phrased, but it's to the effect of can can the Chinese basically exploit that? Can they, uh, you know, use your radio to do this, that and the other and all the things? It's like, OK, man. Um, no, you, you know, plain and simple. No. First of all, you got to think like what what can be gained out of exploiting a twenty five dollar radio remotely? Like, I mean, come on, man. If if that were possible, then they would have the Russians would have been doing the shit out of that in Ukraine already. Okay, and and in turn, the Ukrainians would have been or the Ukrainians, the Ukrainians would have been doing that to the Russians since twenty fourteen in Donbass. I mean, it, it's it's you know th this is this is a dumb argument. Okay, and it's been beaten to death, and this is just not something that you really need to be discussing. And so I kind of I gave him an answer that was kind of you know. All right, look, dude, come on, man. Like, what what is there to be gained? You know, and and of course the response was, "Well, they'll all be fried by EMP anyway." Like, okay. yeah, um, you know, and here we go. Like, rub the eyes. Come on, man. Y you know, and and so what's the appropriate answer? You could you could say, and this this would be the sad ham approach because uh, you know Joe, I know you're you're you next in shoot. Uh, your phrase, the sad hams. This the sad ham approach to this question would be be oh uh, you know that's fucking stupid. Fucking EMP is not gonna fry like everything in totes. There's physics involved, and like you could you and. I get it because I've dealt with that. I fielded thousands of questions like that. I did a whole podcast with America's leading expert on EMP, you know, Dr. Arthur Bradley, EMP doc. And you could say, you know, hey, man, fucking screw head on straight guy. Like, but the best answer is the more competent answer, the professional answer. You say, hey, man, you know, like, I did this podcast over here. Why don't you listen to this? And that's that's a better answer. Well, the problem is with amateur radio is that it's it is dominated by engineers first and foremost. You, you know, people need to understand that. And and engineers, I have a lot of friends that come from engineering backgrounds, and they don't always have the best personalities in the world. Like it's it's just a fact. Uh, they're very analytical people by nature. That's what draws them to that profession. And, you know, it's it's hit or miss. Sometimes you can get that engineer that's super dry. And uh, so with that said, when you are approaching an amateur radio club, quote unquote, and, you know, you, you go in and, and you're meeting people the first time, a lot of people of the preparedness mindset or what I call, have called over the years prepper evangelists where they just immediately assume that everybody there is exactly like them and thinks like them, and all they want to do is talk about yep. prepping. And that is a gigantic doggone turnoff. Like, real quick. Real, real quick. It's just like in the military, man. You know, when you're off duty, fucking take a uniform off. You, know, you put on a pair of gym shorts and T-shirt. Like you, you want to be a human again. You know, like like you're off duty, man. You want to look as non-military as possible. 
And and we always picked on those dudes and, and risky. You, you know exactly who I'm talking about, man. You, you know, you pick on those dudes to be sitting in the barracks in their PTs, you know, and, and like drinking out of their issued canteen or whatever. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you don't we don't do that. Seeing them at um, the mall in Fayetteville. You know, be it be a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know you've seen it, dude. I know you've seen it. And you're just like... Everybody's what? seen an E fuzzy patch that's been doing that somewhere. Oh, my God, man. But that's like... That that reaction is the same one that when that guy shows up and he's like, Hey, guys! Uh, I want to do all the things. And it's like, I right, like, slow down. You know? And, and if you're already dealing with people who are kind of devoid of of uh they they're they're not ESTJs, okay, in, in, in the, the Myers Briggs personality test. Like they're, they're not. Uh so you know um you you really you the way that you approach an amateur radio club is really gonna do a lot for your experience long term there. And and I'm gonna tell you, man, for like every every sour grapes club that you come across, there's probably three really good ones. You're just not aware. Yeah, of them. like you're just not aware of them. Like I I can tell you, man, right off the top of my head, there are three, four, four groups right near me who these dudes are as solid as they come, man, and they regularly do some pretty cool stuff. You just don't hear about it. Like you, they, they're not running around there trying to like tell everybody about what they're doing, but they're doing some solid stuff, man. Like there's a reason that I, uh, you know, I got into doing a lot of the digital stuff with the Baofeng, like early on, early, early on before I was writing and before like all that stuff. And I, I was trying to figure out some of these things, man. There was, there was a guy here who, you know, when I became a ham, and he's doing some really cool stuff. He's still doing some really cool stuff. And it's it's just a project of his. And he was like, hey, man, have you ever thought about doing this? And, you know, we just came up with that in conversation. And I was all of a sudden, like, the light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, holy crap. That, that has a huge purpose and a huge capability. Yeah, because and a lot of those guys, this is what they do. This is this is this is their they're so focused on doing this for them. It's the hobby, but for them doing the experiment, and you see it all the time with the antenna designs. They're trying this or trying that. So it's just like they have this source of knowledge. And because we're thinking about it a certain way, they're thinking about it from a completely different way. And it's exactly what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's so, you know. Talking about uh, ham radio, we'll, we'll stay on this topic for a little while because uh, uh, Dolio had to jump out of here for just a minute, but he's going to be back. Um, he is he is doing something right now for a celebrity, uh, and uh, he is see what, what y'all didn't know about Mister Joe Dolio is that that he works for 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 uh, well known celebrity conservatives out there too. And he's he's too good to be with us peons from time to time. He's got, <laughs> but I break his ball. I'm gonna break his balls again when he gets in here, because you know when, when he when he's back, I'll be like, ah, oh, so see, you know, you're running around a little Miss Blonde thing, 
you know, you you too good to hang out with <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, nah, it, it is what it is. It's it's, it's going to be pretty funny when it gets back in here. Some of the conversations we've had, but um, but but getting back to the whole ham thing, uh, the ham radio club thing, the best thing to do is if if you know, and, and I encourage everybody to get into amateur radio. Um, everybody, like, it, because here, here's why. Like, there's that crowd out there that's like, nah, screw that. I ain't getting no license to do all this stuff. It's not about that, man. It's not about that. It's about having a cover for action, number one. There's a plausible explanation for doing things that maybe might look a little strange. There's that. But also, you're getting into a community where people at a minimum have at least some sort of light bond. Like, okay, you know, like, like, all right, man, this is this guy over here. Like maybe he's only good for getting on the local repeater and talking about his prostate. Like, like right now, that's, that's all he's good for. But you know what? Like you, you might roll your eyes at that because dude, I, number one, I don't care. Number two, you know, this this is dumb, and I really don't want to talk to this guy because age difference here, I you know, like this isn't a problem. But here's, here's the, the, the correct way to look at this. That old guy that's always on the repeater talking about his prostate and, like, what the weather is and whatever, here's, here's the deal with him. Number one, he's always on the radio. All right? So if you think about this from an unconventional warfare approach, You've got somebody that's always, all usually always on the repeater. So that guy could be a relay for you if you talk to him in the right way and frame, you know, frame it up the right way. And maybe not right now. Maybe not right now. Maybe right now is not the right time to approach him about those topics. But it is a good time to maybe make friends with him. And say, you know, hey, you know, like, man, you know, all he's really good for right now is talking about his prostate or whatever. But he is talking and he is always on the radio. and He is always listening. This might be somebody who be, could become a critical relay for you. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. He knows how to get other people's equipment working. Because he was competent enough to get his own equipment working. That's important yep. too, and that is a fact that a lot of people are. With. And so, when when you are trying to establish, because dude, it's it's a steep learning curve. You're talking about, you know, like I, I get a, a mobile radio, and all of a sudden I gotta rig it up. I'm trying to run this thing off grid, and like I don't know what power supply I need, or like what kind of what kind of battery I need, or like ain't that the truth? So many of these people think they're going to just buy this equipment, stick it on the shelf, and when the time comes, I'll figure out how to use it. Like, no, that's that's not how this works. Like, you need to practice with it because I feel like I'm fairly confident with radios, and I have to sometimes sit for 20 minutes in front of my radio being like, how the fuck do I do this? Like, I, I, know, what, I know what it should be doing, but it's not. How do I fix it? It's it, To think that someone's just going to buy it, who doesn't know anything about radio in general and they're going to just buy this thing and they're going to stick it on. I have the antenna. I got this, I got that. And I'm just going to use it. That's, it's, it's so unreal. Yeah. 
Risky, you got something? Yeah, it's just like, it's kind of why make videos about comms it, i'm not the most knowledgeable dude i'm probably in the lower out of all comms people i'm in the lower like 20 or 30 percentile right out of the regular I, population people look at me and they're like you know a lot i'm like no i don't i just know enough to know like y'all yeah. seriously are behind if you could I'll if people could get to the point where they could know a, a like a uv5r like the back of their hand then maybe, just maybe, if you threw some equipment in front of them, they could make something happen. Probably still yeah. not, but like you got to get to that level at, at a bare minimum to even have a chance. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, you you are you are a thousand percent spot on. The, the reason I was chuckling was because this videos that you made, like you you pissed off all of the tactical kids, man. Like like all you took a giant shit in in their cornflakes. Like it was great. Yeah, it was fun. I knew how. So I had a bunch of guys that are YouTubers reach out to me beforehand, and I was talking to them. I was like, uh, "I'm about to do this concert." They're like, "Don't do it. Don't do it." And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Everyone's gonna hate it and get mad." And these dudes have millions of subscribers, um, or excuse me, uh, mil they get millions of views on their on their videos. Yeah, and I was yeah. like. Uh, I'm going to do it here. So I did it. And, and afterward, they were all like, you should keep doing it. It's so great, isn't it? I'm like, I, I, I openly admit I'm going to wage war on these individuals because they're, they're acting like they're better than people. And they, they want to keep pushing the bar. Like the only way to do it is to use these type of comms. I'm like, that might, even if that's true, regular people can't get to that level because they haven't. Look at the history. No one's ever, no one's doing it. We need more people involved and that isn't working. Well, and you know, th that's why I made the, the podcast I did with Batman Actual, which I'm not sure where he is. He's supposed to be here. I'm here. Tell me he's going to. Ah, oh, there he is. I'm working, buddy. Speaking of here. Oh, shit. Snuck ah, up like, on you I'm like a silent fart. You were, you were like, bro, you talking my ear off till one in the morning last night. Like, hey, no, nah, we're done. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a night off. Nah. No nights off over here, buddy. That's a lie. Most, most of the time I fall asleep. Yeah. But not tonight. But, uh, not tonight. Not tonight. What, what I was saying, though, is is that uh, we made those, those podcasts about dark side of DMR and about the, the ways digital mobile radio can be exploited really to, to uh, throw the grenade out there. Like, look, you know, this this is a good option, okay? It is a good option for a, a number of uh, tactical level implementation uh, and, and maybe even uh, clandestine level implementation if you do it right. However, number one, you got to do it right. And believe me, I don't think some fucking airsoft jackass who is, you know, uh, out there slaying Ipsic targets, you know, and, and wearing flannel, I I don't really trust that guy to, to conduct the, the unconventional warfare properly. Like he his experience does not exceed mine. That's where uh, it goes back to what you were saying before. If you're gonna do that, you have to do it under the guise of up and up stuff. Right. But you have to right. do that so low key, like nobody can yeah. ever know about it. Right. And and that that's why I got so cracked up about uh 
you know, all the dudes that were flinging shit at you. And then like, they, you know, they came after me, they jumped over on Twitter. They like, they're coming after me. There was like comment sections. And there was one dude sent me a real nasty email and he was like, you don't know shit about DMR. And, and like he was saying DMR, every other word. He was like, DMR has all this encryption built into it and DMR will literally be my wife and DMR this and DMR that. And he's like sending me links to, to like stuff on Hytera's page and everything. I'm like, dude, you know, first of all, the, the whole premise of his argument, like in the beginning was that, you know, Baofeng's a Chinese company, bro. You do understand that Hytera is the company that ripped off Motorola when Motorola outsourced the original production of their, their digital units to China, that Hytera was the company that stood up originally to copy all of their stuff. And that Motorola sued them and didn't win because there was no intellectual property protection. Like, the, the, but they don't, the thing is, is that like, it, it doesn't even do you any good to point that out to them. Because they don't care. Like, they're, they're not going to, it's, it's not going to register with them. They don't give a shit. Like, the they, radio comment section is way worse than other comment sections. I'm telling you right now. My experience oh, yeah. is it is the worst, most annoying, sloppy mess of idiots. They can't see, they, they're so hyper focused on one thing that they disagree with or the fact that you don't agree with their hierarchy. And it's like, that's their only way, place in life they can flex. And it's kind of annoying because a lot of the stuff, they might be right in a perfect environment, but that's not the point. No, they, they're, but they're not. They, they're not even right about that. It, it's, they, they, they don't like, you know, you have to be willing to accept that there are points of exploitation in everything that you do. Um, like everything that you do, there's a point of exploitation. In it, you know, and, and we all, everybody in, you know, in here knows that because uh, we're all functional adults. And, and have experience in, in these matters. Uh, but, you know, I mean, like the, the tactical kid crowd, they don't. They, they really don't, man. And they don't, they, they've never had to suffer consequences because Ipsic targets don't shoot back, you know, and like at the end of the day in the airsoft match or like paintball or whatever the fuck, like everybody gets back up. Like, okay, so like you got your ass kicked in this, this airsoft match, but who cares? Like, like nobody, nobody actually died. So whatever. Um, so they've never really experienced it. And then, then like the other, the other problem that I've seen is the guys that, that are like us that come from dot mill backgrounds and they know they, they're kind of like where I was when I first got out of the army where, where like they know the capabilities they need and they only see the pieces of equipment that, that like they think checks the boxes because it has, has the buzzwords. And it's like they don't—they don't actually learn how to use their equipment. It, It's—that's it, you know. But I mean, again, I, I was there. Like I, I was there when I first got in the army. I was there. And like what I'm saying is, and, and I say this as as somebody that has a large number of DMR units on the way, um, and I'm going to be offering. I'm bringing to market a DMR unit that offers all of this capability at a low price. Um, I'm, I'm. It's going to be under a hundred dollars. 
So it's, it's, that's really something. It's a very robust unit. So this is something to, to get excited about, too. I just want to throw that out there. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. That's going to be pretty cool, uh, dude. I'm looking forward to that. It's it's I'm excited, man. I, I'm I'm really excited. Um, you know, I, I do have the Anytone units that are coming as well. Uh, well, the the uh, Valfang Tech version of it. It's it's the same radio. Uh, the Anytone eight seven eight, the AT eight seven eight. It's the exact same radio. Valfang uh, Tech six uh, X two. It's the exact same radio, and I have those coming. Um, so it, it's it, it, there's a, there's a hell of a lot to be excited about. But here, here's the thing, man. Is um, you know you have to learn the points of exploitation of your equipment so that you learn to operate within its parameters and you don't expect more of it than what it's capable of doing. And um, the other the other reality is too, man, is is like, all right, so high Terra high Terra radios they they do make some some fucking banging ass units out there that that are you know they're very robust, but. When you're talking about, you know, a thousand dollar radio, seven hundred dollar radio, bro, guys on Main Street can't afford that. Like, they can't afford that. The, you know, they, they've got their rifle, maybe two rifles. They've got their kit. They're not they're not going to buy this stuff. And what does that do? That's something that, you know, is is a quarter of the price doesn't do, you know, and, and, and that's the reality. And, and here's the other thing, too, is. What I put in the, the Grills Guide to the Balfang Radio is that the reality is is that you you have to work with what you have. Okay. You have to work with the equipment that you have rather than what you wish you had or what you tell people to go buy. They ain't gonna do it. I've been there, done that, man. When I first got in the army, I was telling people, hey, you know, all the people in my group that like came and gone, hey man, go buy this. They won't go buy that. They were, they were like, well, why am I going to buy that? This is cheaper. All right. So make the best of what people actually have. You know, how do you do that? This is how you do. That's the reality. That's that is the reality, man. And um, the other thing, too, is is that uh, what, you know, uh, Patreon, what you were saying in the comments is that because, um, you you know, you're hanging out on your, your uh digitally encrypted stuff but you're you're being a chatterbox and you're just transmitting non-stop you're still getting direction found man like this this is look at bachman okay bachman is a case study they the russians are going to be studying that and the chinese are going to be studying that for decades upon decades upon decades because what they were doing was dropping rounds on anything that transmitted rf that is exactly what happened Madman Actual, am I wrong? For sure, that's what was going on. There were way too many bombs. I mean, being you're dropped. the guy that used to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you transmit over the air. Like, I, I said this a while ago. I think that in the long run, the old stuff, you know, the the old school like World War II spools of telephone wire make a huge comeback. Um, because you got to physically tap them. So you know, there's still everything can be exploited at the end of the day. There, there's no way of getting around it totally. Uh, but when you go over the wireless net and you're just transmitting RF into the, um, somebody can DF it, you know, and uh, and especially a war like Ukraine, like. 
I don't think the Russians were really caring about who was transmitting. It was more of, it's not us, vomit. Uh, they were pretty indiscriminate, probably. Um, <clears throat> but just to touch on the DMR stuff, <clears throat> the the DMR, if you transmit on the repeaters, you're like on that repeaters uh, little um, web page front. Uh, they all have one. So that's just uh, another thing that records you. If you're doing it like without a base station, I'm sure it's it's fine. That there's not a whole lot wrong with it. Send text messages, which is neat. So DMR and it's clear. You know the the transmit or it transmits really clearly. So it has its advantages, has its disadvantages. It's just like I mean Baofeng, you know, like it's just a junky little Chinese radio. It definitely works and it's capable if you use it right, but. You know, that's, that can be tracked. So, I mean, that you know, there's trade-offs and, and everything's got its exploits and you can't get around it 100%. So right. when Chicken Wing goes online and he makes a video about something stupid, I just, I just got to shake my head. It's like, dude, you know, like, first off, you don't even know how that works. You paid somebody to set that up for you. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Chicken Wing. <laughs> He called him chicken wing. Damn. Like, you know, That's it, even better than what I called him. I called him <laughs> called him Dylan Dylan uh Dylan Bikin or Lucas yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. No, Damn. Yeah. No, but like wing. and and what before, you know, uh he's he dipped out because he had to go risky, uh was bringing up like the the Camo crew online uh, in general. A huge problem is that they're, and he's brought it up in his videos, man, they're such gatekeepers because they'll use terminology that like you don't know or understand unless you're already in the community. Uh, and and even new hams don't get it, you know, like yeah. it's, it's just, it's oh, obnoxious. Yeah. You know, I'll watch a video, guys are like, you know, when I was getting into SDRs especially, I, I was like, Dude, I don't understand what you're saying to me. You're speak. You're you might as well speak Chinese. Does, nothing what you're saying makes sense. I don't understand any of these acronyms. They're not being explained because it's these old hams that have been doing it since the '70s. You know, so like they've been around for the whole evolution of ham radio, and now they're getting into SDRs. You know, like they were around when the first computers came out. They've they totally understand how they work and how they've advanced um and there's really crappy teachers when it comes to explaining and breaking down the concepts and all the, the right. terminology and what it actually means because you can say oh i'm on the 10 meter band it's like all right well bro what frequency range is that just just say the frequency range you know stop being a dick <laughs> yeah. It drives me I'm nuts. laughing because you're right. It's like, dude, that's all it is. It's like you, you can like who gives a shit how big the freaking wave is that you can't even see. Like, are you even what? sure it's that big? I mean, I know it's that big, but 
it's like, dude, why, why just save what, just say what frequency band you're on. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be on like you know four sixty something, or like oh I'm gonna be on one, one thirty something. Like, just say the frequency because that's what you're gonna tune to. My radio, I don't go. Oh, I'm gonna go to the ten meter band. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, what I mean? yeah. like that's not how they function. What I tell people though, there is a reason for that, and and the, there is a reason. So, yeah, it's it it makes antenna building easy. That that's, that's the true. reason why. Because that's, that's yeah, you have reason. to use the lambda measurements and everything to build the antennas. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's it's annoying when they use that in rep. They're speaking like that, and it's in a video that's labeled ham radio for beginners it's like well that's not a beginner terminology like beginners are looking at the frequency numbers on displayed on their and the stock right. antenna that came with the radio and that's my annoyance yeah, that's with, with the ham community it, in general some some of those reviews that that, that the the sad hams were putting up for the book man so, some of the critical reviews i, I got you can't do that <laughs> genuine entertainment out of some of those. Why? You can't broadcast digital on the FRS. <laughs> I, I really wanted a book on how to use chirp with my radio. I couldn't do it. This book didn't talk about it. But, dude, did you not read the title of the book? Like, what'd you yeah. think this was? Like, like well, this isn't... All, I didn't... Chirp. I ain't about fucking flared all that, man. I I just put, you know, I, I I the title is what it is. Like that's what the book is. Yeah, I didn't write it because it was catchy and it was gonna sell a bunch of stuff. I put it in there because that's what the book is. It is a guide for gorillas conducting unconventional warfare with this common off-the-shelf radio. Yeah. Well, and it, the funny thing about chirp is, man, like. I downloaded Chirp once, and really the only use I found for it was to, like, pre-program some channels into it without having to do it on every single one of them with the buttons. You know, I just plug it in, download it, or uh, upload the the Chirp profile into the radio, and, like, whatever settings and uh, pre-programmed channels, which is really just, like, the weather channels. That I yeah, I, yeah. I, I use chirp. That's the only use I really found for it. I used it to make a what I call my Bubba Finder Balfang, where I plugged in all of the FRS, um, GMRS, you know, all, all the frequencies that that someone with a bubble pack or someone who's using uh, a radio that you know they're sticking to, you know, FRS channel, whatever five. I'm. I'm you know, and so I can just kind of scan on it. And if someone's talking on that channel and just listening for a few seconds, I know what their kind of capability is. <clears throat> so that's really the only thing I've used that and like making the settings the same across all the radios. But yeah, that's all I don't pre I don't pre-program channels and or freaks in for the most part, except for weather one, like you said. Yeah, I mean that's like yeah, oh, yeah, that's all I've ever used it for was just like standardized settings for certain radios and uh but you can do that on the radio anyway. You don't even need to yep. do all that, you know, you can just So, it like I said, I mean it, it has its place, you know, if you got like a I don't know, who's a good example? Like uh oh, I can't remember their name. It's Viking Preparedness and uh 
they're independent. They're a little like mountain community thing. Um, that, like, no, but it, like if you got something like that where every house has a radio and everybody's got to be on the same frequencies with the same settings. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I could totally see how you like program radios all the same. That makes sense. Yeah. To your point, like, say, you know, some, you know, the conditions are starting to worsen and, and you have stock about things and you kind of go to people, you know, are home all day and you can hand them a radio that's programmed the same as all the other radios and say, uh, hey, yeah, you know, um, if you see something weird, you know, just key up on this, you know, hit this button and, you know, have it pre-programmed so that you have your own little neighborhood watch and everything standardized. That's kind of what you're talking about if you have a radio in every home and, and they're not going to be doing the kind of things that we would be doing. They're just kind of stationary and they're just going to pass some traffic every often if something weird happens. Well, it just replaces your cell phone instead of yeah. texting where you're like, hey, man, going to be over in a couple minutes. What do you need? Like. I'm bringing the baked beans. What do you, bring? you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Like conducting UW operations. Uh, I don't know. Just scout put a, he made the, you know, he wrote the book for a reason. It's pretty much all in there. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I, I couldn't find anything wrong or missing really for the bridge person. Really? You know, like you can have all that high tech gear, but, uh, you know, I know some guys were making uh, some cool SDRs that you could plug into like a little Raspberry Pi tablet interface and everything. And look, that's super high tech and cool. But realistically, like how many guys know how to use Linux? I don't. I'm not familiar with it. You know, um, I'd have to dedicate a lot of time to learn how to do that and be proficient at it and, and learn how to fix the bugs that could pop you, up. You Knowing you, man, you you could learn Linux, especially like one of the easier. Uh, oh, I'm sure it could. Interfaces like uh, Ubuntu, for example, like 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 uh, Mint or Ubuntu. You you could learn one of those in very for sure. short. Like you, the you only problem is that, like you know, I got like a whole freaking tree line. I got to chop down and buck up. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that I got real world. I totally, yeah. Like I am gonna dedicate time. That is in like the, I got like my uh, my to do list, and that is on there. But you know, like I I got a wife and kids. Like I got this property to take care of. I got, I have normal everyday stuff to take care of, you know, and that t that takes time I, to really dedicate and and learn that stuff. Cause I'm a bad student, you know, like it takes me a long time to really get my gears going. Once they're going, I'm good. I'll learn it. But it, it takes me a long time to get warmed up to whatever subject I'm learning. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, you know, like I, most of our, most of the listeners and the readers are normal people that don't, their, their mindset isn't technical. You know, like it's a lot of guys are, are very simple. They got to put hands on and they got to do it. But to do that, you got to have the baseline knowledge. It, it kind of like is the circle of learning that people go through of like, you got to do everything at once. You're going to be confused. You're probably going to be really pissed off and walk away from it. It's like learning the guitar. You know, you learn a couple chords and then you're like, 
oh shit i can't get any better so you like put it away for three months and then you pick it up and all of a sudden you remember it and you get better yeah I, so hey, yeah that's a good way of putting that man I, i'm kind of like that too yeah like uh i mean so I'm, I'm not against the high-tech stuff don't get me wrong i'm not against dmr I just, all of the videos I see, it's like, this is the foolproof plan. Like you don't need anything else. And if you don't have a DMR, you're an idiot and yada, yada. It's like, well, no, man, like a lot of DMR radio intensive, you know, like some guys do only have a budget for a $25 radio and, a, and to hand make their own Yagi antenna for five bucks, <laughs> you know, like that's somebody, that's a lot of people's budget. And that's what yeah. we're, that's what we're here for. We're not here for the the guys that got to have all the Gucci gear and the highest, the highest grade crap and, and the latest, greatest technology. Cause at the end of the day, like we, yeah. like I just said in Ukraine, uh, tech is taken back over. It's ebbs and flows, right. you know, it gets high tech and then it gets low tech and then it gets high tech and then it gets low tech. And, and that's just how it is. One of the realities that, that I always remember from my days in the army the guys that, that always invested in the Gucci gear and had all the Gucci shit, they didn't know shit about nothing. Like those those guys were usually the shit bags. Like they they bought a bunch of gear, they didn't know nothing though. I mean, you know, it, it was just like, oh, you know, like get a load of fucking so and so over here. You know, he's got all this fancy crap, but you know, he can't he can't do the basics. You know. And so that's kind of like, I, I see it that way. I don't know. Maybe it's an internal bias. For sure. Know. Maybe it's an internal the, bias. The gear know. careers were definitely the like least trained people around uh, per capita. The, the GQs. Yeah. Uh, Les GQs. But um, shift the gears a little bit since we're, we're over an hour into this show. We've been, we've been talking about Kama. And, you know, we've, been, we've been covering some neat ground. A little open-ended. As we always do, uh, but um, you know, getting on a more serious note, uh, this this dual system of justice, and I, I want to uh, uh, really dive into this one and, and get you guys' takes on this. Um, you know, we have Stuart Rhodes, who is the uh, president, uh, leader, el jefe of the Oath Keepers. And unless you've been living under a rock for the past decade and a half or so, uh, the Oath Keepers is a national level organization that is run out of Montana and uh, established chapters in, uh, I think, all 50 states. I could be wrong about that. It might be a couple of states where they don't have a chapter, but uh, the, uh, most of the United States, they have a presence. And, um, you know, from its outset, very well intended, um, you know, with the Oath Keepers, I kind of had a holding pattern on on all of that. Uh, when I got out of the Army was, you know, and, and was obviously very politically awake while I was in the Army after Benghazi and, and was paying attention to a lot of these things, got out of the Army and uh, was looking at, you know, as, as most guys do when, you know, you get out now, all of a sudden you were part of an organization, you had structure and now all of a sudden you get out and you don't, how do you 
reestablish all of that. And for me, um, I began to think, you know, introspectively and sort of thinking about uh, hard lessons that were learned from the Iraqis and from the Afghans uh, that, you know, localism is, is what's important. So I began to, to really turn my attention to that. Um, that and, and I had a, a particularly interesting and not good ways experience with a uh, local uh, chapter member of the Oath Keepers. And I just said, you know, if they're letting this guy in, um, this is just not, you know, this probably isn't worth my time. And don't take this the wrong way. For anybody that's listening to this, it, you know, has has favorable things to say because you know I'm definitely coming uh, to the to their defense here. Uh, but your your membership and the outward projection of your membership really speaks for your organization. And uh, that guy in particular, he instantly threw up some red flags. That's you know ah, this this probably isn't for me. And um, that kind of that kind of turned me away. Um, national level organization is, is, uh, kind of a dangerous, that, that, that's dangerous. That is a dangerous path to tread along. Uh, it's easily infiltratable, uh, localism. You know, when, when you look back at any successful insurgency, um, throughout history, throughout history, it's always relied on local networks. Okay. You know, uh, Nathaniel Green, relied on local networks in his guerrilla campaign in the South uh, during the American Revolution, uh, you know, and, and so on and so forth, bleeding Kansas. That whole era is another uh, good illustration of that. The IRA is a perfect illustration of that, I think. Uh, the Viet Cong and their campaign in uh, South Vietnam, another perfect example of that. Localism matters. Okay, localism is, is, is your path forward. However, however, um, with that said, you know, uh, I had a couple of interactions with Rhodes uh, that were both positive, and uh, I, I don't have anything negative to say about him. Um, you know, so th these, there was a lot of good that was done also. So, you know, it's, it's really important to point that out. Um, a lot of accusations and a lot of heat were thrown his way over the years. And um, some concerns are certainly valid. Um, and, you know, some were, were just kind of not. And, and that comes with the territory. Uh, that comes with the territory that, that is, you know, makes up the, the uh, activist right. You know, you, you have a lot of, a lot of, uh, internal internecine conflicts that go back and forth and it, this is this is really uh, uh kind of just part and parcel of it and and the left does this too you you're just not privy to it people on the right are not really privy to it because we're not in tune to their public channels um you know we, we don't typically hang out on reddit or mastodon where we see the fracturing that is that occurs with leftist groups in real time. Well, but if all we see is what happens on the right, then that kind of taints our overall picture. Um, but uh, with that said, uh, Stuart Rhodes sentenced to 18 years, 18 years in federal prison for seditious conspiracy. 
this, of course, is in relation to January 6th. And uh, with January 6th, we know that we have uh, a mountain of evidence now that much of it was orchestrated by agents provocateur. Uh, who they were working for directly is certainly uh, uh, still a valid question. Uh, but Ray Epps is, is certainly at the center of that. And, uh, he, of course, he faces no charges, even though he was the one who was on camera uh, inciting people to go into the White House or uh, rather the Capitol building, to be specific, but <clears throat> going into the Capitol building. He was caught on camera doing this. He faced no charges. Uh, he was one of the ones who was critical. He was the uh, Arizona, as I understand it, the Arizona chapter president. Uh, the state-level president, and he had been on the payroll of the Federales for some time. Uh, so I do expect this case to get appealed naturally. I mean, Rhodes himself is a uh, Yale-educated lawyer. You know, he's he's no dummy. No, he got himself into some sticky situations here. Uh, you know, but, but again, we're, we're Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, situation that, that uh, I personally and you know, most of the people uh, here are external to, and, and we are simply observing this. Uh, so the, the point is this, uh, it, it is a miscarriage of justice, and, and I will be very, very blunt about that. This, this is absolutely a miscarriage of justice <clears throat> in, in every sense of the word, in every way, shape, or form. Uh, the fact that you have agents provocateur that are uh, very, very obviously conducting what they were doing on camera, and it has been proven. This is indisputable. The fact that we have uh, political prisoners that are being held, and this fact is indisputable. Yes, they are political prisoners. Okay, they are political prisoners. They're being held without bail. They have no conviction. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, you have the Indian white supremacists who drove into the gates of the White House and stated, stated, according to bystanders, stated that he was going to remove the president and install himself as the president uh, somehow uh, in, in uh, whatever universe he thought that this was going to work. Um, and magically had a Nazi flag as well, which I'm really fascinated to know where that came from. Uh, because, you know, picking up a rebel flag on 95, you know, Confederate flag on, on 95 on your, on your way to D.C. in, in a government-rented U-Haul uh, truck, that's plausible to me if you, you're coming up from the South and you stop at, at Johnny's truck stop and you know, pick up a rebel flag. But a Nazi flag? Nah. Uh, that doesn't really, that uh, doesn't really, this story just doesn't seem legitimate. Um, he faces almost no charges. $1,000 bail, free to go. Quietly dismissing this one. Quietly sweeping this one under the rug. However, however, January 6th. The uh, leader of the Oath Keepers, the uh, president of the Oath Keepers, gets 18 years. Um, 
I think this is an absolute travesty of justice. I think that uh, is, is a matter of personal opinion. The dual system of justice that we have with this case has never been more vibrantly illustrated. And it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. It does not matter where you fall on the political spectrum. The reality is this. If you do not have equal prosecution of the law and equal representation of said law, you do not have law. The dangerous situation we have found ourselves in is that we have a militant left that is very complicit in the condition in which we experience today. And you have a kleptocracy that has insulated itself in Washington, D.C. that is exploiting this to the fullest. There's no accountability. This is a very scary situation to which we find ourselves. This is the very definition of tyrannical government. You do not need a more clear definition. This is not about Stuart Rhodes. This is not about what you think about the Oath Keepers. This is not about what you think about any other thing but that. But the fact that there is law or there is not. There is justice or there is not. And right now in America, we have a very real situation that there is not. Guys, what are your thoughts? Well, what I'll say is this, you know, I was talking to, uh, for texting back and forth with a friend of mine the other day, and he goes, um, he's like, what do you think it's going to look like when we're, you know, living without the rule of law? And I just text back, uh, look outside, because that's, that's where we find ourselves right now. We live without the rule of law. I mean, there's a facade of the rule of law, but as we can see from these cases, there is no rule of law. We already knew about the dual track justice system, which had the important, you know, high class people getting off scot-free and us lower peons suffering more consequences. But now it's 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 not only a, a horizontal line, it's now a vertical line dividing the two sides where the left gets a pass on about everything and the right does not. I, I mean, I, I think that whoever was the handler for this guy, there's no way that, that this glowy fed op like should have ever gotten approved because it's so obviously bad that like it just it, I mean, it's it's actually comical. And I hope whatever agent actually, you know, planned this dumbass false flag. I hope he gets mocked at by everyone else because it's just that bad. I mean, from the brand new still has the folds in it. Nazi flag, which they conveniently lay on the ground, contaminated in the evidence, by the way, <clears throat> in front of all the cameras to see. And then within like two days, they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to let this guy out. It's just, you know, like whatever it was, it was like aggravated destruction of property or something. You're like, the dude got out and said he wanted to like overthrow the government and like basically like declare himself president. Contrast that with what Rhodes did. And what the other J6 political prisoners are dealing with up to two years without trial, violating, you know, the Constitution for a quick and speedy, fair and speedy trial. It's very obvious that we're living in a, a, a dual justice system horizontally and vertically, and it's a fucking shame. And so anyone ever tells you one day we might live without the rule of law, we're living it right now.
Yeah, I think that's extremely well said. You know, living living without the rule of law. You know, the the WROL that uh, you know is has been fantasized about, uh, postulated, promulgated. Uh, has been the the plot device in a lot of prepper novels out there. We're living in that. that that's what the city is. That's where we are. And it's like it's like exactly. They think it's going to be their definition of that rule of law is it's Mad Max style. Man, there ain't nothing. No, so that rule of law means if I get arrested, I'm not going to face the same justice system that someone with an opposite political spectrum is going to face. That's that rule of law. Sure, the Mad Max stuff is, is oh, that's the, the cool stuff to read about and write about and, and be like, oh, what if this happened, what if that happened? But the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it's, it's, it goes the same with people who say what a collapse is. Again, they always think about the Mad Max style as opposed to, like, just complete civil unrest. It's exactly the same thing in, in this case. It's without rule of law. It's just it's the absence of any fair and legal justice system. And that's where we find ourselves. And, and it was a slow burn for a while. And then J6 really was their opportunity to just like kick it into overdrive. And and given the fact that, you know, we haven't seen any national media talk about, you know, the, the constitutional implications, uh, implications of of them being held for so long. The fact that we have a very obvious biased judge, n- none of that matters. And so one has just led to the conclusion that we live without. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Um, man, I don't say it much better than that. I, that's the thing. Like, yeah, regardless of of where you are on the political spectrum, uh, when one side affiliated, yeah, one person affiliated with one political ideology can do something and seemingly get away with it. I'm curious if the Indian Nazi is going to a mental facility. Cause he sounds insane. Like the, like he thought he was going to install himself as the president. Like, yeah. Um, that sounds like some serious, like drug addict behavior. Um, so I'm curious is maybe like, they're not putting him in jail. Maybe they're like putting him in a straitjacket, and that hasn't been talked about. I don't, I don't know. Um, and I hope that's what's happening because the guy's insane. But, <clears throat> yeah, you know, like regardless, like you know, you were saying, Patriot Man, like the the fact that these suits can get away with murder, they can get away with theft, fraud, all these things, and then you know, you you hem these guys up over being pissed off, like. It, it doesn't it, it doesn't add up you know and it is for political reasons you can't deny that it's it is for political reasons and like we said once once that's been determined that lawlessness that's not that's not what we're about like that, that's not how our country was was founded at all uh that's that's not in any of our documents you know that's just yeah and, and, and it stretches not just from the DOJ, the IRS as well. We see the way they're acting with uh, uh, Tabia or however you say his name, the journalists, the way they're acting with Hunter Biden. It's it's not just in your traditional court system. It's across the entirety of the federal government. 
Yeah. And so that gets into the whole I mean, weaponization of the government against us. But it's still, it's unequal. Every- yeah. The, the, this corruption, that goes back to the Obama days. I mean, you know, they were targeting organizations, the Tea Party, mm-hmm. anybody affiliated with the Tea Party, all that. And um, it, I mean, it goes back way further than that, I'm sure. If you go every decade for a hundred years, you could probably find uh, something similar. But now, with everything, it, it's really hard to make a sound judgment because now there's just more optics on it because we have the internet. Um, so you see it more because a lot of times things are blown out of proportion by the media just for clicks. True. So I think a lot of this has been going on for a long time. We're just now noticing it, but that also brings about new problems because when there's more optics on something, whoever's up to whatever is going to be panicking and, and you're going to see more craziness happen. Like the Indian swastika guy. Uh, what? And, and random crap like that. And you're going to see more harsh punishments for guys like Rhodes. You know, t- 20, 30 years ago, uh, man, he might have got like a 10-year sentence and then like probably got off way sooner than that. He wouldn't have got sedition. Um, he would have been charged with sedition. Like he would have got a lesser sentence for something else. You know, like conspiracy to commit violence. or or I don't know how they would word it. I'm not a lawyer, but I, I can't imagine it would be this harsh. And if you look back through history, the harsher the punishment, that's that's an indicator that what you're seeing is real because if it wasn't, they wouldn't be prosecuting these people. Well, you know, they, we wouldn't have January 6th. <laughs> it, yeah, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. That is a really good point. Well, I, I want to just say, Madman, you, you brought up an inter- interesting point. It goes to a hypothesis of mine that this guy is so obviously crazy that they are most likely going to institutionalize this dude, right? My hypothesis that. is is that he wasn't supposed to live and open his mouth. That he was supposed, he was supposed to try to ram the barrier ram. down, run towards the White House, get shot and killed, and it preserves their narrative because... They don't have to make a witness statement. They can do whatever. Now, all of a sudden, he was killed as he was running towards the White House. I think he was supposed to die. Right. And well, he didn't. And, he, and he then, shot, oh, shit. If he was shot, then they could have hid the body. And we would have never known his identity. They could have made somebody up. Yeah. 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 I, I, and, yeah, I, I think that you're exactly right about that. Because he did ram it slow as shit. I think he was either supposed to ram it so hard that he died on impact. And then the secret, you know. Because that's the thing with these psyops, too. It's not like a mastermind plan. Like, they radicalize this guy, get him hooked on drugs, give him a U-Haul, and and convince him to go do something, quote, lone wolf style. And then everything else gets played out. They make a couple phone calls, and, and then yada, yada, yada. They get narrative written. And that's how it really works. They don't come up with these mastermind plans where, like, every second is planned out perfectly. It's they take advantage of situations that happen semi organically, you know. Yeah, like they might they might push it in the direction, but a lot of times it's not as well thought out as a lot of uh, conservative pundits like to to think. You know, it's and that was like not to bring him up, but that was like Alex Jones's problem was he 
swore up and down that like every single thing was just so perfectly planned out and it that's just not how it works you know he he was when you start looking for the problem so hard everything becomes a problem yeah and, uh, <laughs> you're exactly right man he, that, he, that was his problem he was on point with a lot of stuff but he just got so far into the weeds that he drove himself nuts and every single thing was a con every part of a conspiracy was another conspiracy and it's like dude that's not how it works you know like, yeah they it doesn't account for the random like the competing interests like we right. say you say everybody's a globalist, you know we're like well the globalists say well i mean elon musk is globalist but he's he's not jiving with Bill Gates, you know. They're right. they're competing interests, you know. Well, and there's um, with, with Jones. He, and here's the thing, and, and this is the broader point. Hey, I don't I don't want to turn it into necessarily about him or one way or the other. Yeah, I'm what sorry I, I brought him up because I know. No, 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 no. It's, it's <laughs> all good, man. Because you're not wrong. Um, but it, it's it's really uh, indicative of the larger problem that conservatives have a lot of times is that we're we are and I, I talked about this with uh, Peter Rankin earlier today that conservatives the mindset of a conservative is uh, structural functions so we look for structure meaning and purpose behind everything that we encounter and you know leftists don't do that they, that's that's not how um, this is why, you know, among the, your activist left, you have a lot of uh, artists and musicians and kind of vagabonds and stuff like they because they don't think that way. They, they don't think in, in terms of structure and, and uh, you know, things that function. That's just not that's not the way they operate. Man. Their their brains function differently. Um, so with conservatives, we, we look at things and, and, you know, everything has to have a purpose. Everything has to have a structure. Everything has to have. Uh, you know, rigidity to it. And there has to be logic behind every move that's made, you know, and, and things can't just be done at random. There has to be order. There has to be well, the thing is, drawings, blueprints to go off of. Right. Not everything, like th there are certainly some things that definitely do have, you know, a hand that was guiding it around for sure. But that doesn't account for the batshit crazy things that just happen. Like they just happen. Like, oh man, like, oh wow, that just, that shit just happened. Um, that, that, you know, wasn't, wasn't, you know, just didn't spring out of nowhere, you know, or, 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 or wasn't done all according to plan. And what happens when those plans fail? You know, what happens when, when that grand scheme and that plan fails? I mean, you know, Bay of Pigs is a real good example of that. Uh, real good example of and and you know we're, we're just coming off the anniversary of that of best laid plan hey you know we're going to do normandy but this time we're going to do it in cuba <laughs> dude that that ain't gonna work like it, it you know and, and it was planned out properly everything was was supposed to be solid and if you know and and there were a lot of reasons why it failed um you know and, it, but but that's that's the thing and and so you can't necessarily assume that every single thing has a, a, a reason for being behind it or underneath it, you know, but as far as, as this cat uh, crashing into the, the um, uh, barricades, then some, um, that he wasn't supposed to survive that. 
But this this kid wasn't supposed to survive that. Um, he's high on something, and and uh, you know he they they could just stash body away, and you know oh you know and, and roll some other patsy out there or like you know some random AI generated photo that you know with a made up fictitious name they feed that to the media. You know the media ain't gonna ask some questions. They're gonna run with it and be like you know oh Tommy Nelson white supremacists from you know trailer park south carolina like you know yeah and 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 the 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 dumb masses in america you know wine moms out there they would believe that shit because they don't know any better they want to believe they want to believe it like that that's really the state of affairs that we're in is that we have we have a segment of the population that wants to believe that you and i were the bad guys they want to believe they want to believe, and and that's that's the saddest part of it all. Yeah, no, I mean that that's the biggest problem we have is that we've been divided so uh, starkly. You know, like it, it's a it's a thick, bold line between everybody, really, and it's not left versus right. It's it's even segmented even more than that. Um, and, and John, I wish Johnny was on, he, he puts it like, there is a good guy and a bad guy team, but the bad guy team is fight in fighting. And the good guy team is also in fighting. And then you also have foreign actors that are involved, which, you know, like something like this U-Haul truck thing, we know the Chinese are operating here. The Russians are probably operating here. I mean, everybody's probably operating here with with spy networks and and doing the same thing that what a lot of people think the CIA is doing. It's like that could have been a foreign agent, you know, pushing that guy. You know, they they're bringing in, you yeah. know, the Chinese. The Chinese are the ones bringing all the drugs into the country. Yep. They they control the. Uh, it, it wouldn't take much to, <laughs> for them to coordinate something like this. And, and, you know, scout, like when, when you set up an ambush, yeah, you don't set up a rigid plan. You, you set up a good foundation and then you yeah. kind of have to like move, go with the flow and then just time it right. And timing is everything. It's, it's not, it position is important, obviously, but like, the timing is the most important thing. You know, if, if you're in the not greatest position, you can still get it done if you time it right. If you don't time it right and you're in the perfect position, you're, it's not going to work. And that's right. the thing with, with, with these psyops. And we know the media is awful. Like, they're, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even need to, that horse has been beaten a hundred times over. And mind blowing. That, like you said, people want to believe this. And I mean, really, like that boils down to man, like they just watch TV all day. They're just constantly watching TV. They don't experience real life. They don't go outside. They don't interact with people normally. All they think about all day is the evil white supremacists. It's like, <laughs> you know, you, you've literally been brainwashed. And that's the scary part is they really have been brainwashed. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. Their well, brains are fried. They, they cannot think for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's left of Mao 
is or everybody to the right of Mao rather is a white supremacist. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like we, we are you are you friggin' crazy? But yeah, they they are though. Like you can't you can't even ask that in a, a joking term. They are like you know. I mean, and and at that point, like th- that's why I've got to the point where I don't even try and reason with anyone from that crowd. I'm not trying to, I, I'm, I'm not actively engaged with you any longer. Like our, our, basically the way that I see it, the ideological battle lines have been drawn and you're not going to migrate to my side no matter what. And, and this, this is another uh, little grenade that I'm going to throw out there. And, you know, you know, just a few minutes left on the clock, but I would like to bounce this off of you. So, this is something that, that I think is extremely important to point out. And it's going to be a, a, a perennial problem that the right has uh, going forward, I think, until such a point that it's, it's no longer uh, an issue. And, and what that point is, is that we're so fast as a community. We're so fast to launch uh, or to, to latch on to false idols that, you know, whoever it is that tells us Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's telling us what we want to hear. Um, you you don't really stop to consider that maybe this guy isn't is isn't what he is purporting himself to be. Uh, maybe he's putting on an act. And case in point, um, a lot of people are familiar with the name James Lindsay. Uh, you know, you kind of know who he is. If you don't know who he is, I'm sure you you, know, you, can, you can look him up. Um, he attained fame early on. He's an academic and he. And, um, you know, kind of self-terminated his, his academic career and what have you. But, um, his, the problem is, is that a lot of people, a lot of people jumped on his bandwagon, like they do with a lot of these "quote unquote" you know conservative celebrities uh, that that immediately uh, that immediately come out. They tell you what you want to hear. Oh, well, he used to be a leftist, but now all of a sudden he's our guy, right? Um. <sighs> The problem with this is, is that they'll always eventually show their true colors. Always. They always do. And this, this hasn't failed me yet. And uh, with Lindsay, most recently, he um, made a statement. This was on Twitter uh, that, that uh, they lie all the time, just like Jesus. And what he was referencing was his, his one man crusade against what he calls Christian nationalism. Uh, because Lindsay is an academic and he is an atheist and he believes in objective morality, which is a leftist, that is a core tenet of leftist ideology. And so anything that, that is apostate to that in his mind is, is uh, what he labels Christian nationalism. What is Christian nationalism? Well, this is just a, a more evil sounding term or the same thing that when leftists say there's evil evangelicals, they're saying the same thing. Okay, you, this, is, this is what people don't understand. This is the same thing. They're using them in the same category. Okay, and when you are using that terminology, you are pandering to that. Uh, and, and in the process, you are dismissing 
And, you know, on, on one hand, the, the uh, devoutly religious side of it says that this is this is blasphemy. But the um, the rationalist side of, of me says that this guy was never really on my side to begin with. If he uses such dismissive language of, of people uh, who, who he is trying to influence, then he was never really on our side. Now, that's not surprising to me, okay? This, these things are not surprising to me. Uh, n- none of these things are. But what is what I shall spare no opportunity to point out is the, uh, the expediency by which people will throw their support and, and all of their support behind uh, whoever presents to them what they believe is the answer. Right. And we've seen this pattern over and over again. Um, you know, and I've been pretty consistent on, at least in my opinion, I've been pretty consistent over the years of pointing out a lot of this behavior. And I don't think I've been wrong yet. Uh, I could not be necessarily correct about that, but I don't think so. I might have to go back and listen to the, the hundreds of hours of content that I've put out on this podcast just to, just to make sure that I'm correct on that. But I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, my, my, my gut instinct is never wrong when it tells me something's not right about somebody. So here's the thing, you know, when, when we, we're all of a sudden, when I'm told that everybody, everybody's supporting this one guy, Hey, oh, we all need to support it. Not why prove to me, state your case to me, prove to me why. Why do I need to all, why do we all need to support this guy? You know, and, and why he needs to prove to me why he is deserving of my support because I am a free man. I am an educated man and I am a thinker and I am a person who absolutely demands that you will convince me of your position. And so until we have cohesiveness and until we have the uh the conciseness of the message and the moral underpinnings to to recognize what that is on the right we're going to constantly have these problems we're going to constantly have this and so until somebody has longevity on the right you know something that that uh i stated right after that is think it think what would occur if a person grew from the right organically and we threw that kind of support behind. Think about what could be achieved then. That's an important perspective. That is a very important perspective. And so just because these people tell you what you want to hear out there doesn't necessarily mean that, that uh, you know, they're on your side. Like there's Nobody's going to come. There ain't going to be no pie in the sky that magically saves you. Okay, people have motivating factors to, to why they do the things they do. And in politics, um, in public opinion, it usually is financial first and everything else second. You know, James Lindsay didn't do what he did because he, he magically saw the light and became a conservative. He did what he did because he realized the writing was on the wall as a white male in his academic field. He wasn't going to, he, he was basically dead ending and he was frustrated and he was going to make fun of it. And then all of a sudden doors open and he figured out he could make money pandering to conservatives for a short amount of time. That's what happened. There's others out there too that I could I could throw under the bus. 
but I'm not going to do that right now. There's there's one in particular that's been talking a whole lot about things on the border, but I ain't going to go there. Not tonight. Yeah. Uh, but you need to watch these people. They are they are not on your side, and when you learn what their backgrounds are and what they're hooked up in, they ain't on your side. I'm just warning all of you out there. You know, and and these are things that are easily sourced. By the way, Wikipedia has this information. You know, if you really do your homework on somebody, so yeah, anyway. it's it's the classic controlled opposition, and we've hit on it before uh, many, many, many moons ago. Um, yeah, if you go to Wikipedia and you go to the early life section, there's a lot of academies that everybody seems to go to that are all the same academies. Um, yeah, and they all go to the same universities and uh yeah they all are in the same fraternities and sororities and yada yada but yeah i mean it it's i don't put my faith in uh any man for sure because and i've learned this lesson the hard way and and to break it down because this is what i'm good at is break taking a complex problem and and telling it to myself because I'm not smart, right? So when I am on a job and I have a contractor telling me what I want to hear, I'll be there next week. I'll have all the stuff. And then next week comes and they're they they they're not there. And I call them. I'm like, hey, man, where are you at? Oh, there's a problem, yada, yada. Like, you know, the delivery is going to be backed up till next week. You know, that happens like once or twice. And I'm like, okay, dude, you're, you're full of shit. You know, like let's, let's be real with each other. And, uh, that's one of those little like microcosm moments that really is like a principle for life. You know, like you, you can't let people bullshit you. Cause, and, and that's what most people do. Like my experience as an adult, most people are full of it. They are bullshit artists. That's all they, they don't have any skills. And this goes for politicians specifically. They don't have any life skills. They have never accomplished anything. And that's why they're a politician. They're good at convincing people that they have skills, but they actually don't have skills. They lie on their resume. And then when it comes time to present, well, then they get in with the good old boy club at the swamp. And then they just turn into a swamp creature, but they still pretend like they're a crusader. And it's like, all right, you're not. You're not that, but like going back to the wine moms and the boomers, you know, like the QAnon shit, they, they're so used to having that hero in DC and that's just not real. That, that, that was a lie. That was a Hollywood lie. Uh, uh, and I, I don't know how to convince people otherwise. Um, I've convinced, uh, very small percentage of people that I've talked to about it. Um, most people just kind of blow me off because they're so it, it's the easy route, you know, like humans are lazy. We're going to take the easiest route every time. And the easy thing to do is get into the national organizations, which goes, you know, brings us kind of full, we're circling back to uh, roads, you know, like with the proud boys, it's easy to get into a national organization because they need people. They need numbers. When you go local, it's quality over quantity. Yep. Uh, you know, in my yep. locale, my local politics, <clears throat> you know, we, I, I've been sending emails. And I'm like, hey, you know, like most of your voter base is 
a certain demographic and we like ro this rural area that's like semi suburban and has like the box stores when we need them but we also can go down the street and get our grass-fed beef and, and pay the guy in silver cougarans if we wanted to you know we kind of like that balance and when you guys are building all this stuff and you're growing this community they're moving from baltimore and, and from the other cities around us you know because baltimore's not that far you know i'm not saying i'm close but uh close enough yeah. for people for people to go on realtor.com and be like oh this is a nice house look there's all this farmland and everything but they're bringing their politics with them it's the california-itis you know like it it's the same thing it's just on a more local level i'm an email i'm like look man like you're either with it or you're not. And if you're not, I'm calling you out and you do not want me to get involved in politics because I am such a nice guy. I'm really agreeable. When you get me fired up about something and, and this is like about my family, you know, like my extended family lives up here, my family slowly migrating this way, you know, don't, don't piss me off. Cause I will, I, I might not win, but I am going to make you miserable. I'm going to piss you off every day. And not trolling. I'm going to be serious about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that was in my email. I put it way more professionally than that, but, <clears throat> um, and that's what we got to do generally for everybody. You know, you really have to get involved in your local politics. The national stuff is a pipe dream. It's gone. I've said it before. The, the federal government's losing legitimacy, which is why they're acting so ridiculous this is why they're prosecuting people and giving them 20 years and, and, and making up facts on these cases they're planting evidence that i mean how many times have we seen freaking body cam footage of a boot cop doing it you, can you only imagine what they're doing at the national level yeah <laughs> you know like uh, yeah, put yeah, scale yeah. scale things properly so just just put it in a scale you know like uh, that's how it works so that's my words of wisdom i know we're running out of time so i'll shut up <clears throat> nah, man dude it's it's you're 100 you know you're 100 um, one, one more thing that I want to add to what you were saying, and this has kind of been in the back of my mind for the whole episode and, and, you know, we're kind of rounding out on this and then, you know, I'll let you guys uh, throw in on it is that one, one thing is for sure though, is, you know, each of you in here are familiar with, you know, uh, uh, over the years, like this guy's a fed, that guy's a fed, like they always throw around the fed. Fed this, fed that, for like all oh, stuff, man. And and really, that that's a carryover from the nineties. Um, you know, Operation PatCon, and the, you know, all all of that stuff that was going on. And I'm not saying that those things are are uh, a genuine concern of, of you know opsec, prosec, whatever. But this was an incredibly effective side too, of preventing people from actually achieving things at the local most level because it, oh you you don't trust anybody you don't oh I, i'm gonna keep everything to myself and i'm gonna be a lone wolf and i'm never gonna accomplish anything i mean part of that is due to you know the some of the people that you would attract in, in those circles and that's certainly true okay and 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 that's just part of it all right. But the other thing is, is that it also ran off people who would be very effective at local organization and getting involved in those local politics and making meaningful change 
um, it, it prevented all that. And so uh, a lot of a lot of things were hurled towards um, Stuart Rhodes over the years. And of course, uh, Enrique Tario uh, and, and uh, Proud Boys, and kind of how that whole dynamic was was created and um, so on and so forth. But this ought to be a lesson to everybody out there. You know, not everybody's a fed, man. Not everybody's a fed. Like, like even this doesn't mean don't be skeptical of stuff. And it doesn't mean, you know, be a dumbass. And, and that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that understand that, that they're just like you said, man. Um, however crazy that the measures that they're taking to, to invent all this stuff, they're doing it for a reason uh, because they're, they're losing legitimacy. But at the same time, um, they're, they're just not that effective. They're not that good at what they do. And, you know, you you can effectively organize and do a lot of really good things, uh, do a lot of really good things out there and do it at the local most level. You know, and, and um, it's things things are looking rough on one hand. But on the other, if if we were not as effective as we are, and I'm talking about us in totes. I'm talking about the right. I'm talking about the activist right, the guys who are actively engaged out there, really making things happen in the real world. If we weren't winning and and populism for this country wasn't winning in a very big way, they would not have to expose themselves to the degree that they are. You know, so just uh, literally with 60 seconds left on the clock, guys, uh, any last words for this episode of Sons of Liberty 66? Learn radio. Train. That's it. Y'all better be doing your push-ups. Risky. He got What say you, my dude? Risky hasn't been here for like 45 minutes. He's still showing up on my end. Nah, he's gone. He's still showing up. Ah, anyway. Never mind. Don't matter. Folks, God bless. Stay safe. If you're going out, you, you're uh, living the life that the fallen cannot. Please enjoy it. Live it up. But always keep in the, in the back of your mind that they sacrificed themselves for the betterment of this nation. And this nation is made up in part by you. All right. God bless all of you out there. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a very solemn Memorial Day. And I will talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout. Out.